Listen, things you do is a cycle. Look, this, I'm telling this, I said this during midweek service. It's, this life is not far. If you throw strife in, the thing goes and comes back. Cast your bread upon waters, it will come back. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why I have a friend who, when he helps people, he says, I help. He says, you, you never lose anything by helping others. He said, somewhere, somehow, that thing comes back to you. Some people might not even know that it came back. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. But somewhere, somehow, it will come back to you. Right? So judgment. So the decisions you make. I mean, we can be praying about blah, 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 But when we get to the point where there are decisions to make. Second Samuel 7, all right, from verse 12. So David was there. Now, here is where I'm getting to in this message. Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 12 here. It says, when the days were fulfilled, this was God was telling David, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy own bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. Verse 13. And he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish his, the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. And when God said, I will be his father, and he shall be my son, he did not mean, I'll be greeting him every morning, and patting him on his back. Do you understand what I'm saying here? A spiritual, a father is one who corrects you. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, somebody who can step into your life, all right, and make correction. So as a parent, your business is not to entertain wrong traits in your children because you are trying to be popular with them. It's to make sure you correct all right, particularly a father who should be less emotional, which is why people talk about the fact that when there's no father, uh, the, the chances, because what they are trying to say, I mean, if you're a single parent, then you get somebody to act as that kind of father, which means it could be your brother. You don't, you don't call a stranger so that he doesn't become emotional. Do you hear what I'm saying? No. You, do you hear what I'm saying? No. You don't say that I'm a single parent, then you call another man. Then you start discussing uh, what's happening in your child before something else happens. You hear me, oh? It's your brother or your cousin, first cousin, all right? Somebody that is your relative that can act so that they can cut off things from the life of that child. Do you get what I'm saying here? And that's what the father does there. He cuts off, all right? That particular thing. Now let's put it again, all right? Okay, so a father, if a spiritual father meets you, the first thing they ask you is, I mean, I tell people, if people that say that I'm fathering them, if I see anything, you post anything on Facebook, I'm calling you, that is wrong. Okay, where, what, where did you find this thing you are saying? All right, immediately, I will just pick the phone. Why? Because that is what you are supposed to do. All right, to help in cutting those things off from the child so that the child grows up, all right, properly there. Okay, all right. And an absentee father is one that is in the house not playing this role. Do you get what we're saying here? Okay. 
He says, if you commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy, he says, so we will chasten, but I'm telling you, he told David, my mercy shall never depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I will put away before, whom I put away before, which means, or put away before I brought you in. And thy house shall be established. And he says this. So God says, I'm his, your father. And if you are getting it wrong, there will be chastisement. This is what God says. I will come in with chastisement. But this chastisement, he says, shall not be sickness. Now, this is where people miss it. When they say God chastises, they say sickness. God doesn't chastise with cancer. He doesn't chastise with sickness. He doesn't chastise with road accident. God chastises with the rod of men. In other words, if you start deviating from the intended path for your life, God stirs up the spirit of men to come and apply the rod upon you. In other words, the flogging starts. This doesn't mean that the men know what is the will of God for your life. But God just uses it to get your attention. That understand my arrangement. If you are going on course and you slip out, that there will be a steering. He said, this is my understanding here. And people will bring out a rod. And there will be something, a chatter will start. That should make you know that there is a deviation in your own path. All right, now what happens a lot of times, and because even to people who are in leadership and strong leaders, you feel that giving in to people is surrendering. So you want to fight back. But it's not about the people. It's not about what they are saying. It's about the fact that once something is raised up, you understand that the Bible says if a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies will be at peace. This thing means... There is something in God. It might be right in my eyes. Everything I'm doing, but God is seeing something that I'm not seeing. Let me go to God in prayer to ask him. Because this is the path there of the throne. So God takes you and he might look at your future and says there are traces that you have on the inside of yourself that character defects. It says that will destroy things in 10, 15 years' time. Let's remove this thing and teach this person and take it out of his life. So he allows, all right, things to happen. That's why for David, David was talented. David killed Goliath. He was a courageous man. Oh boy, David's problem. Nobody say, no fit sing. David is anointed with the instrument. Now, woman, <laughs> even when they wanted to check whether David was dead, they brought a damsel. <laughs> that this man, if a woman touches him and his body doesn't move, he has died completely. All right? That was the problem. So when God sent him into a cave, it wasn't to make him a better singer. You can sing. It is what will come out and destroy you which eventually came out. Are you following what I'm saying here? So when the conflict starts and Saul is throwing his javelin there 
and wants to destroy you. It is not about Saul. It is not about Saul's own jealousy and envy. It's about something that lies on the inside. When Joseph was lied upon and placed in jail, it wasn't about resolving the issue between Potiphar and Joseph. That wasn't the point. The point was that God looked at Joseph. He said, the whole of the economy of the earth will be in your hands. The survival of humanity will be controlled by you. You are the one going to hold everything, making decisions. You have to be ready for that. You are naive about certain things. The evil in this world is too complex for you. You are too innocent. You think everybody will love you the way your father loved you. So they sampled him in his father's house to show that, listen, shine your eye, wake up. Are you following what I'm saying here? This place is not the way you think it is. All right? Let me tell you this. I've noticed this. If you don't lie to people, you are honest, the chances also is that you'll be gullible because you will not think others will lie to you. That's what happens. If you don't lie to people, it's when you are conny man that you know conny man. But if you are an honest broker, when people come and meet you and you say on a handshake, because you're a man of your own word, you will not believe that somebody can prepare from the depth of their heart and strategize to swerve you. Do you get what I'm saying there? Because when you fall in love, it is true love. You cannot understand that somebody else woke up and said, I need money in my pocket. That lady is doing well in her job. I beg, she begins to tell her she loves her and says, listen, you don't know what's happening. I just cannot, when I lie down, when I lie down, just you I see, you I see. All right? And you just cannot believe it. And people around are using the rod on you that <laughs> this guy is a dangerous player. They say, no, we don't understand. And all that. But you see, but God says, leave it. You will not die in this one. We'll get to it there. You will wake up. He's the next man that is the real man. All right? But, but, but so, so, you, so when David went, I mean, when Joseph went there, Joseph must have realized. I mean, think about it. Uh, Joseph and Potiphar's wife. I'm sure what happened was that Potiphar's wife must have been signaling. Throughout the process. But God Joseph didn't know about signaling. Are you following what I'm saying here? She was winking. I mean, I'm just going to say this in passing. I'm not shading anybody, but I remember when we got, you know, some of us that went to mixed schools, we could understand women better than people that went to all boys' schools. Because we have seen women, we have been their friends, we know, you know, some will say, she loves me, she doesn't, oh boy, she, <laughs> oh God, she doesn't love you. Say, no, she was there, she was asking me, oh boy, wait, wait listen, listen very well. She can be your friend. This guy will nail you. You can be, in fact, just by observation, you will know that this man, you are missing it. But he said, I'm telling you, she came to meet me after lecture. Oh, look, look, because he cannot imagine a lady being a friend without anything attached. So the minute they even just touch him like his electric current has gone. Oh. <laughs> All right? Electric current has gone and come back. So he's saying, what is going on here? Where was I again now? <laughs> All right, so Joseph there and Potiphar. All right, let me get it. Fight again. So Joseph there and Potiphar. So God, so God must have said, let's teach him. So I'm sure Potiphar's wife was signaling. Joseph thought he was just Madame doing her work. He just said, 
It was like this. God said, This man, we will show you. We will show you. All right? You will see the rod of men now. It was signal until he entered the room. How can you enter the room with another man's wife? Only you in the room together. Even if they didn't shout, what if the master came? What would you say? You are praying? <laughs> he too entered. Yes, madam, what do you want? Madam, madam. He too said, put the zip down. Until he took off the clothes and what? Then he realized what was happening. Ah, no, no, no. I'm not like that. Ah, God said, you don't know the evil that is inside this world. So Joseph was innocent, a man of integrity, but was naive. The evil that was in the world was too complex for him. So God says, you will go through the rod of men. You know, the Bible says it's rod that drives foolishness. There is no, look, my friend, don't, don't think you just read your Bible and you'll just be wise. The rod of men. Are you following what I'm saying here? So you are in an office and you enter into the office. Everybody's going, yeah, yeah, you are there. I'm a champion, I'm this, you know, I'm all of that, I'm all of that. And you didn't know when you two approached like one of those kings. They told you, go and tell the boss. You know, you're the favorite of the boss. You two just entered, you know. <laughs> and you don't know that this is a career-changing thing you just did. You know, career-altering thing. Are you following me? Which means it will alter the career. The next posting, you will know when you see where they posted you to, that something has changed inside the heart of this person. And to show you, to show you, so that you understand well. They took you for dinner the night before. You ate with the big bosses. You don't know they assigned your paper. <laughs> By the time you got there in the morning, you didn't even see your desk. <laughs> Listen, if that kind of thing happens to you, you have a glorious future. Listen. But don't listen. When you get to the waters of strife, don't get provoked. Don't start speaking. Have I quoted Psalm 106 in this service? All right? Don't start getting angry and speaking unadvisedly with your lips. What do you do? All right? Let me close with this. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 40. All right? So this is what God is doing here. He places his hand. He said, okay, from verse 39. You know, the, he talked about the great men of faith. Great women of faith. And then he came to verse 39. The whole hall of faith. And said, these all having obtained a good report through faith, receive not the promises. God having provided, or received not the promise, some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Then the next verse, I know chapter and verse in original, wherefore seeing that you are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, the great of cloud of witnesses referred to a stadium in that time where people came to watch a race. He says, so Abraham is on the stand. Elijah is on the stand. They're about to watch us run this race. And if you are running a race, then the race must have finish line, must know when you win. So what's this race about? He says, what is your own faith about? It's chapter 12 that really tells us, all right, the great faith chapter for the New Testament. He says, they are there. I want to see us run this race that is set before us. He said, lay aside every weight. And the sin that does so easily be said, and run with patience. This race that is set before you, what is this race? Verse 3, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. In other words, in this race, you're going to endure what is called the cross. Despising the shame, there will be shame. It says, but then after that, you'll be set on the right, which means you'll be set in a position of power. Verse 3, it says, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied, so you don't get tired and faint in your mind. When in this race, there starts being contradiction. Verse 4, it says, for you have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin. Verse 5, well, have you forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children? My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son. Right? To scourge is to flog every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sought, which means you can't enter into the inheritance. Furthermore, we've had our fathers of our flesh who corrected us and we gave them reverence. In other words, what he's saying is when you are going through this chastisement, God wants to correct something, give him reverence. Do you understand this? Don't look at it and start resisting. He says, give him reverence. He says, shall we not much more be in subjection unto the father of spirits? That is the father of spirits. What are you saying? All right, there's something here you want to correct here. Verse 10, it says, For verily they for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but he for own profit that may be partakers of his holiness. It says, Now no chastening for the present at this time seems joyous, but is grievous, nevertheless afterward it yielded the peaceable food of righteousness unto them that exercised thereby. Verse 12, it says, Lift up the hands that are hung down, which means you went through chastisement, you got injured, and you've been wondering. It says, Lift it up, and the feeble knees there. And make straight paths, lest that which be lame be turned out of the world, but rather let it be healed. In other words, you went through things, he said it was God, chastisement, and the great faith here is the man during that time that can turn to God and worship the Father of spirits even though he felt deeply the pain and say, yes, there must be something I missed here that you, the Father of spirits, wants to correct so that I will be able to enter into that inheritance and be a capable son to be able to handle it. Let me tell you this. I said this on services. When I was in school on campus fellowship, let me tell you, there is a decision I made. If I never made that decision, never made it, I would never, under no circumstance whatsoever, all right, have this ministry today. None. There's nothing I could have prayed after that for 14 hours. If I missed it in the sense that, or else God gives me another chance with the same test, then I pass it. All right? All this chatter, what is, I'm telling you, you look at, I, 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 I put in the work in that office. I, I put in the work in that office. You can put in the work. But the same way they went to meet Elijah, and they said, man of God, come down. What caused your problem were two words. Come down. The next time, they don't say, come down. Two words. You are alive today. The next moment, you are in heaven just because you said, come down. Can you imagine that? So he can show you the importance. So when God puts you there, he knows how sensitive things are going to be in future. And he says, look, worship me here. Let me open up your heart. Let me teach you things. Let me bring you, you know, 
Okay, let me say this one. All right. Let me say it. Okay? I'll let you show you a principle God taught me. Right? When people are in serious trouble. Okay? But let me not say it. All right? But, but he wants to do that. So you go to him and worship him. And, and the box stops on your table. And then I remembered almost 12 years ago. 12 years ago. I mean, small church. And, and there, was, there was somebody who got up. And she used to work in a, a foreign company. Well, foreign, it was based in Nigeria, but it was a foreign company. So, so she just asked a question. She said, excuse me, Pastor, it was like a town hall workers meeting. I said, what? She said, you know, I think there's a problem. Uh, and I said, what's the problem? She said, and, and she was being wise because she was mature. She said, you know, sometimes, and I think it was a problem in the department. She said, I, you know, there's sometimes where people are upset about things that happened in a department and the head of the department caused the problem and the people don't know how to report the head of the department and because they get so frustrated that what happens gets so bad that they leave the church and it's almost like their mindset and you might just be preaching and they might just think that you too are supporting the, uh, in that kind of decision. So she said, why don't you set up something? And I just overlooked and continued. But I, when I started praying, God reminded me of that. All right? And then I checked and I said, I said, well, this was what this lady was saying. When you tell me that kind of thing, I'm not, I won't be angry. Hey, why is it not matter? You must be crazy. How can you do that kind of thing? First thing I asked myself is, you that selected the head of the department, did you miss God? Because you don't change a permanent problem by shouting on the head of the department. Is it that? So, so you say someone came into my company and stole money. Is it that you don't know how to discern a thief? So you go to God in prayer, and then he starts flashing things so that you don't end up, you know, because if you are naive and you now want to get wise, you can now be suspicious. Not that you are wise, you are now suspicious. So any man that comes near you, you understand what I'm saying? There's discernment and there's suspicion. Suspicion means everybody is a suspect. Discernment means you now understand how a thief works, dresses, and talks. So as he appears clean, you just see a pattern which has been documented in your soul. Checklist one, he says this. Checklist two, he says that. Checklist three, he says this. Checklist four, by the second week, he's asking for money. Do you get what I'm saying? You know the drill. So you just, as he's talking, check one, check two, check three. Now if check four doesn't work, and check five, it could be a hybrid now. And this virus has mixed with another one. <laughs> I'm joking there. But you go to God there in prayer, and then he shows you. Are, are you following? And you become. So when we go through things, instead of pointing the hands, getting angry, ask God for wisdom. Ask him for judgment. And you open your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for a word. By the power of your spirit, I ask that you establish us in this truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.